everyone, Cream Ray here. Today we have Mr. Pedro Neri, who is the founder and CEO of Future Soccer Inc. Pedro, how's it going? Hey, Cream. Thank you for having me here. Um, and yeah, it's a pleasure to to talk to you. Absolutely. So you know, we met just a couple of days ago at uh, the Toronto FC versus Inter Miami CF2 MLS Next Pro game. It was it was nice to to meet you in person first before connecting online. So it's awesome to have you on now. For sure, for sure. Um, so, you know, can you just take us back in time before Future Soccer was created? You know, how did you get involved into the beautiful game? Oh, man, this goes way back. <laughs> so, <clears throat> sorry, I'm originally from Brazil. And uh, in the 2002 World Cup, I remember we won the World Cup, which was the last one. And uh, the game that we played uh, against uh, England and Ronaldinho scored a crazy corner kick. Oh, not corner kick, sorry. A crazy uh, free kick. That was something that, again, I just fell in love with the game. In Brazil, it's not too hard to fall in love with the game. And after that, I just played and I played uh, an okay level. But again, after a while, when I was about like 16 years old, I decided to uh, move out of Brazil and I decided to come to Canada. And uh, back then, there were not many clubs around here. And uh, I, I played a little for Toronto Lynx uh, here in Canada. But after that, I just decided to go and do sport management at Humber College. And after graduating uh, in 2013, I went back to Brazil to do my master's degree in soccer management. And uh, after completing the master's degree there, I was able to work for FIFA in the World Cup in Brazil. And uh, it was somewhere where I was able to get a lot of connections. I got to learn a lot from it. And uh, yeah, in my master's degree as well, there were lots of uh, well-known agents in Brazil and I was able to connect and see a little bit of the work and that's when I decided to come back to Canada open future soccer in 2015 and uh, here we are nice that's amazing you mentioned the World Cup what year um, were you working in the World Cup so that was 2014 uh, in the World Cup in Brazil in Sao Paulo so yeah I was mainly in the Sao Paulo venue which all the games that happened there, um, I was mediating the the meetings before games. So I was in charge of like talking to both federations to make sure they're both um, okay with um, everything going on, right? So, Got it. And did you have prior experience before, you know, being in this opportunity or was it a first time hands-on um, situation where you were learning on the go? No. So actually I was working with a company called Futigestão in Brazil. Uh, which was a sports marketing company. And um, I was actually one of the co-founders as well there. And we're able to work with a few professional soccer clubs around Brazil. And uh, yeah, from there, again, I was able to apply for that job with FIFA and got selected, right? So Understood. And, you know, just for the viewers that come across this video, when you say you're dealing with both federations, what does that look like, sound like um, when communicating with federations? Is it high intensity? Is it a lot of work or is it very calm? Like, you know, and, you know, what are the communications like? Is it coordinating where they're supposed to be or, you know, just a little bit more insight for the viewers? For sure. So it was very, very quiet. It was not very, like, you know, agitated or anything like that. So, again, it was things like, you, let's say, one federation wants to the pitch to be uh, watered before, like four hours before uh, the game. The other federation wants, like, two hours before. So again, we would have to, you know, find a middle ground and see uh, what would work for both. 
but yeah, it was very simple, very easy, you know, very quick meetings as well, just to make sure they all understand, they know what time they have to be in the stadium and all those things, right? So it was very straightforward. Understood. What was, you know, one of the biggest challenges that you faced in, in 2014 working with FIFA? Well, again, it was um, it, it was unreal, an unreal experience for myself to be involved in there. And uh, I was very fortunate to, to get that gig and, and work for them. And uh, again, I, I feel the biggest challenge for me was just my age at that time. I didn't have a lot of experience and I was dealing with, you know, big players and big federations and all these things. Um, but all in all, I, I feel it was amazing. Again, one of the greatest experiences of my life. And the challenges were just there for like the first week or so. After that, I felt pretty comfortable and it was all, all good. Nice. So a year later, you start Future Soccer. Um, why? And how did you start it? Okay, so I wanted to be a game changer in the agency world. And I say that because, you know, I've played the game myself. I know how many agents were before. I know how agents were here in Canada before as well, where um, for the reputation of agents nowadays, it is a little harsh because of how things were dealt before here in Canada. And uh, I wanted to change that. I wanted to make sure that people see that there are agents who are transparent. There are agents who do a good work and honest work, right? So that's how we see Future Soccer as a family. All of our players, they are part of the family and we really value that. And that's what I wanted to implement and do different than most agencies across North America. Um, and I saw that there was a lot of loopholes in Canada because um most of these agencies, they were not offering uh, a full service platform. And that's what I wanted to do different here. So I said, you know what, like let's uh, open Future Soccer and, and let's offer that to players where they're going to have digital marketing. They're going to have uh, PR management. So they can have like press releases sent to the press and that way increases exposure, right? Uh, let's make sure that, you know, the player has ongoing communication with the agents all the time, right? So here at Future Soccer, we make sure they were always in constant communication with the player, with the family, and making sure they are treated well and fair. Also, like, we invest in our players as well. So when we have to take players for tryouts or if they need uh, soccer cleats or anything that they need uh, to improve their performance, we are there for them, right? We also do video analysis with our players where we show them, you know, areas that they can improve, also areas that they're doing well, so again, the full service platform was something lacking here. And we saw that as a great opportunity for us to come in and, and do things different. Absolutely. I got to see it for myself. You know, you were at the game talking to one of your players and it's nice to see that. And, you know, as mentioned before, that transparency is key. You know, before we met, I, I looked at the website um, for Future Soccer before meeting you. This is a while ago and, it, you know, it's so cool how the world works. but um besides the agency's standpoint what other services do you guys provide to create opportunities for players to go pro or to sign to the agency right so besides the agency side of things we do a yearly combine here in toronto uh we do want to expand and we want to have more combines in other cities uh, but this combines essentially they are for showcasing purposes uh we had the last one right now uh here in toronto and we had lots of clubs coming in, lots of scouts to watch the players. And uh, again, those are great results for us because we're able to see how they how they do in you know those kind of situations as well. 
and uh, we we always get to select a few players from there. We end up signing them. So again, we had a few players like Mason Petrucci that now plays for Toronto FC. Uh, he was in our previous combine, and you know we identified him there because again for us even having our like scouting department it is impossible to be in every single OPDL game or league one game or everywhere where we can see prospects and a combine is a place where we can see lots of people in one place and we're able to see also how how do they do when they're under pressure because in a combine you get all these scouts watching them and it is important to see how they perform under pressure and that's why I, I feel it's a great opportunity for players to showcase themselves and also for ourselves to identify talents and bring them on to the future soccer family once we see a prospect that can actually, you know, reach that goal and really go where we expect players to go. Yeah, I love that. Um, I think it's amazing to provide opportunities for upcoming players and for you guys to be another pathway for players to go pro is, is amazing. I, I played myself, so I know how important those, you know, those comedy, um sorry, what's it called again? Uh, Combines. Combines, how important combines can be and what opportunity it could bring. Um, with saying that, how can players that come across this video um, connect? Like, do you guys like have a portal for players to sign up? Like, how does that work just for the viewers that are, are watching so we could um, navigate them to your platform? Absolutely. So on our social media, we always advertise prior to our events, letting them know, you know, the dates, times and all that. Um, but also, like, even if you're not able to participate in a combine, we do have, like, one of the um, pages on our website where a player can fill out a form and can show, you know, can send us their YouTube video where they are right now. And our scouting department will take a look. They will analyze and see if it's someone that uh, we see, you know, that is a good prospect. And if so, then we're going to get in contact with the player and the family of the player and then go over the the process of like you know showing them who future soccer is and also what it's needed from the player for us to move forward right understood guys i'll have everything linked in the description down below for future soccer so you guys could check it out um with saying that going back to the agency side of things how many players do you guys have signed to the agency currently so right now we have 46 players signed with future soccer uh lots of players in canada some in the united states some in europe uh, lots of players in Brazil as well. We do have an office in Brazil and uh, one of our business partners coordinates all the Brazilian players in there as well. So it is good for us to have those two markets uh, very well developed uh, under like our umbrella, right? So. Understood. For, for my knowledge, because I've looked into the, to, to the agency side of things or intermediary, um, you know, how do you guys go about things? Because I know it's like there's like a 10% cap on intermediaries taking from a player's contract. So how do you guys go about the percentages from a player's contract standpoint? So that's good that you asked that question because that is something that we're very proud of ourselves in how we do things because we're one of the only companies here in North America that only charges the percentage on that when the player makes over $40,000 a year. And it is important to mention that there are not many players making over $40,000 a year in leagues like CPL or leagues like uh, MLS Next Pro. So lots of these players we have for years, years and years, and we're investing, you know, um, not just time, but also we're investing resources, financial resources on these players, because we do see them going the next level and, you know, getting those results back to the agency as well. 
understood for my knowledge sake this is a personal question that i want to know um is there anything like behind behind the scenes that agencies do is there like certain systems like are you guys connected to fifa you guys have like a fifa um login or access to like connect players and sign them up right like how does that stuff work is there when you're registering a player to fifa like i'm not sure too sure what of, of what i'm talking about because i'm learning from you in regards yep. to this point but how, like when you guys find a prospect you guys like and there's a team interested in this player what's like the step-by-step process to getting this player set up again so before there used to be a term called like fifa agents right and you were able to register yourself or the agency under fifa and you were able to also register the players under a system and that in 2013, I believe, was changed. Now you do need to be certified and you do need to be uh, licensed in every single federation or country that you operate. So, for example, we are licensed in Brazil, we're licensed in the US, we're also licensed in, in Canada and some places in Europe. So, again, let's say in Brazil, for example, uh, the system is a lot more developed than the system here in North America. So, in Brazil, we do have a system we log in. Every single contract we have on the player, we do need to put it there. Uh, also, agents in Brazil, they are, um, again, it is something mandatory for agents in Brazil to have some sort of like insurance policy that we have to upload there. So we do need to have an agent insurance policy, which it's somewhere that it's not many countries that do enforce that. In Brazil, it is one of those countries. Uh, here in North America, the process is a lot simpler. It's somewhere where, you know, with the Canadian association for example the federation here it is something where when we sign a player we send over uh to their department the contract so they do have that on file and they know that we are the legal um guys who represent the player and uh that's pretty much it so it's something super straightforward and very simple but i do think that you know like there are other countries where the systems are a lot more developed right yeah understood that makes sense even like i know with um even getting I think it's your license as an agent in Canada. You just pay $500 and they do a background check and like, that's it. You don't need to do a course or anything like Europe. So yeah. I, I know we're not, uh, we're not at Europeans level, but it makes sense. There's not a lot of people trying to be an agent. So it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. But it is important though, to have a course because there are many people starting out. There are many people being agents and they're not following protocols. They're not following the right uh, patterns and that is one thing that also we're very lucky to have that background in Brazil as well in other countries where we did have to take the course we did have to you know do a test and pass the test to get licensed so it's something where uh, again I do see this being forced in the future but yeah. right now as you said there's not a lot of demand so I don't think it's necessary and of course we do have a lot of things to work on here in Canada so we do need to prioritize things uh, first right and that is not a main priority I would say uh in the canadian soccer system right like yeah i think there are many other priorities yeah I, I agree with you would you say would you agree with me that one of them is like access to fields or good quality fields is one of them in canada i think canada is pretty good with fields actually i do think that uh compared to other countries where you oh, don't yeah. even have grass and it's somewhere where you know you have so many talented players like in brazil for example if you look at it like some fields are very poor conditions but you get talented players coming from there right so I, I think that honestly the biggest point i believe canada soccer should work on is on the youth system is to actually build a place where you know you can have dorms 
on you know your facilities where players can go from every single province that they can go and develop in one place. There are not many people doing that here in Canada, where in other countries there are many clubs doing doing it, right? Um, also, I do believe that every single professional club should have uh, a youth system. They should have you know um, some sort of pi pipeline that brings these players up, right? And they do have some sort of pathway. And I know with the inclusion of League One Ontario with uh, CPL, that is something great. And League One is not just Ontario now, they do connect with the other provinces. But I do believe that uh, there should be, you know, like a youth system for every single professional club. And I do think that we're going to get there at some point. Um, but that should be number one priority, in my opinion, right? Like, that's what I think. Understood. Are you, are you familiar with A&B Academy? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They're doing some cool stuff. They're doing very, very good stuff here. And I'm very uh, happy to see, you know, uh, people doing that, right? So I believe they're in Orangeville, correct? That's why. Uh, I'm not too sure, but they're, they're um, Coach Bassam, he coached me for four years, 2016 to 2020. They're building their own facility and they're yeah. going to have like multiple fields and stuff. They he, they just purchased 100, and, 100 plus acres of land. Right. So they're doing some cool stuff. Um there's something I was going to ask. In regards, you know, would you recommend players getting an agent? Or is it, is it important to have an agent as a player? So that is one thing that I think in North America, um, it is something that people don't know. But it's what I tell most of the players that contact us is, look at it, every single important player in the world, they do have agents and it's not for no reason, right? If it was something that is not necessary to have an agent, most players, they would not have agents, right? And there are players that they can just sell themselves just for who they are. But again, agents are not just there to get you a contract and sign you there. There, there are a lot of work uh, in the background, right? And there are a lot of things that has to be done because I tell players, once you are a professional athlete, you are a brand. You do need to conduct yourself as a brand. And to manage a brand, it takes work. And you do need to focus on the on-field stuff. And somebody needs to focus on the off-the-field stuff, right? So the biggest challenge we have here in North America is because we do have this school system where if you go play in the U.S., for example, NCAA, you are not allowed to have you know, a contract with an agency. Otherwise, you're not eligible to play um, in the NCAA. So it is something where the player has to make a choice. So do I sign with an agency or do I go get free education somewhere, right? So it is something that uh, because of that, it is some sort of like um, barrier that we have to face. But at the same time, like I do believe that if a player wants to become professional and they want to make sure that they, they get everything they deserve, they should get an agent. And it's something that if it's not ourselves, but other agents, there are many other good agents in Canada as well. So it is something that I do advise players to do have uh, an agent behind because, again, you can focus on um, playing football, which is the most important thing, while somebody who's a professional takes care of the rest. Right? So. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you, Pedro. And I think for young players that are watching this, that I think they don't aren't necessarily aware of it until they, be, they become a prospect to an agency or to a pro club that, and having an agent is something important. Again, as you mentioned, to focus on the field and, and allow your agent to, to help you with managing the things off the field. As young players, we're not aware of um, how many things, how important off the field things are as to yeah. 
you know, compared to on the field as well. They're both equally important, to be honest, to me, my opinion. Um, and then with saying that, you know, just leading towards the end, what would you say is, what are three things that you would say is the most challenging thing to manage and operate in, in a soccer agency? Again, um, we're not dealing with like products, we're dealing with people, right? So it's something that everyone's different. Everyone wants a different sort of treatment. Everyone has their own strengths and also their own challenges. And we do need to know how to operate in those ends. And we do need to make sure we get the best out of the athlete, but at the same time, improve those challenges so that the athlete can you know, have a, a better performance on the field as well. Um, I do also think that you know, on the management side, we do have other agents like working in the agency and we do want to make sure that everyone follows uh, the protocols, everyone does uh, the future soccer way, which we call, because it is a way to include the player with us as part of the family and treating them as family, because um, it is something that I I'm sure if you talk to some of our players and you ask how we are with them, uh, I'm 100% sure that they will say this, right? So it's something that we want to make sure that they feel um, that like their home, right? That's the main point. Understood. So, Pedro, can you share with us the whole process of once you find a prospect, a quality player, what's the whole process that you guys go through? For sure. So uh, once like our scouting department sends us um, a prospect, we get in touch with them and their families. And uh, we have a, an initial meeting just to introduce the company and show the services that we provide. And uh, we talk about career planning, which is one of the main services that we provide as well video editing, digital marketing, PR, and everything that is covered throughout their, their career. Uh, once they decide if they want to sign with us, um, of course, like after that, we send a sample contract so they can take a look and see how that looks like. Let's say they, they do like it, they want to sign with us, we bring them on. So we have a meeting with the player. Um, and if the player is under 18, then we have with the player and the family. And we do a career plan together where we make sure that we are on the right page and we make sure that we are doing a five-year career plan for these players where we see a pathway and we're doing what it needs to get there. Uh, right after that, we make sure we get a highlight tape for the player. And uh, it is something where we build a profile, we build a highlight tape so that we have everything we need once we need to start connecting with clubs and we need to get these players out there and we need to show like, hey, those are the players we have. Because the thing is, like the transfer window here, they start uh, in January, but we start sending players in like September, right? So these clubs, they ask me like, hey, Pedro, like those are my needs. And uh, do you have anybody? So I have a list of players that I send to clubs. And of course, it's, it's strategic, right? Like I, I cannot just send every single club to every single player to a club. Sorry. Uh, it is something that, you know, I need to make sure which player profile fits that club, right? And, and what makes sense or not. So it is something where when we have a Canadian Premier League uh, request that we have a certain players that we offer, when it's a MLS request, there are other kind of players that we offer. When it's in Europe, then we have to look at passports and so many things. So again, we need to make sure that before uh, those times, we have all the necessary um, you know, documents and everything we need to start showcasing these players to these clubs, right? So yeah, that's usually how the process works. And once... Uh, we do that. Of course, the main goal is to get them signed somewhere, get them their first or other professional contract, and from there work their brand and make sure their exposure is good and that uh, you know we're following the career plan and things work the way that we want, right? 
Understood. Just to give a little bit more context on the transfer market, like when I hear that, from my personal knowledge too, when I hear that, I hear this is an opening when agents and clubs work together to transfer players. But what's what goes into it? Is it as simple as that? That now clubs are able to make the transfer, or is there more to it? So again, usually how it goes, uh, it's either us reaching out to the clubs or the clubs reaching out to us. So we built like a good network of clubs where right now we have lots of clubs that they come straight to us and say, hey, Pedro, like, do you have a center back? Or, hey, Pedro, like, we do need a box to box with those specific like requirements, right? So we do have to find a player that fits those profiles. And uh, from there, like, let's say the club is interested and then we have to get back to the player and say, hey, we offered you here. Uh, you know, that's how it's, your contract's going to look like. We can, you know, ask for this. The club might be willing to give this, you know, like, and then from there, we start the negotiation process where we have to make sure the player is happy because at the end of the day, the players are clients. So we have to ensure that the player has everything uh, they need, right? So, Understood. That means you guys have an amazing track record for clubs to be coming back to you guys with saying that. Um, oh, yeah. You know, are you guys, who are you guys communicating with in regards to the clubs? Are you guys communicating with the scouts? The coaches, the sports director, like who's usually the main contact? I know it's different for every club, but yeah, you... it is different from from every club. Um, here in Canada, I believe it's mainly the directors. Um, you know, MLS it's more uh, head scouts or directors as well. Europe is usually uh, head scouts. They, they do follow the system very. Um, they have a methodology, right, in Europe, where it goes every single step first. So you show to the scalpers, they'll analyze if they like, then you go to the director, then you talk numbers, you talk those things. But first, you need to make sure that the profile is an interesting profile, right? So by that, you do need to get to those departments first. So it depends, and it varies from club to club. And it also depends on the relationship I have with each of them, right? So, yeah. I apologize for the timer. I don't have an account with Zoom, but... Um, what market do you like working in the most? Um, do you like the US, Canada, Brazil, or Europe? What's your favorite market to, to work in? That's a tough question. <laughs> I, I like working all of them. Uh, but again, um, I do think that the MLS is our main focus. It is where uh, we want to build a strong base and we want to make sure that you know we, we dominate this market. So it is our main focus is the MLS. Uh, we do see uh, the Canadian Premier League as a great start point. Uh, it can serve as, um, you know, somewhere where it's just like a stepping stone for players where they showcase their talents. And from there, just like Lucas McNaughton, that we're able to get from um, Pacific to Toronto FC, where after a great season in the CPL, we are able to make that move. So it is something that we encourage to do with young players. And uh, again, it's all about pathways and what we see for each one of them, right? So. Understood. Yeah, our focus right now is the U.S. market and what we're doing. We'll talk a bit about it after. Um, but from my perspective, not knowing the numbers like you do agency wise, is that I don't know how the CPL is money wise, like revenue wise, but for agent for like as an agency having an agency. But I feel like by twenty twenty six, the World Cup coming to Canada, U.S., Mexico. I think that will give like a better perspective of like the projections of revenue from like the CPO and how it grows and stuff like that. That's, that's what I think. 2026. Yeah. Okay. I, agree. I think like it is, uh, you know, a market that is growing for sure. And things are going to change, of course. 
Um, also, when you look at, you know, salary caps and things like that, that's going to increase. That's going to change as well over time, uh, just to make sure that right now we build a foundation and from there we can uh, evolve, right? So, and develop. Yeah. So that's what I see as well. I mean, you guys already have the foundation, so you guys are just growing it at this point. So I'm Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> good to see you, man. That's amazing. To wrap up, I have five fun speed questions. Sure. Okay, cool. So who's your favorite team? Um, favorite team? My favorite team is Sao Paulo FC from Brazil. Hmm. Um, what about your favorite team in the CPL? Oh, that I can. Uh, <laughs> no, no answer. Okay, I love all of them. I love yeah. all of them. <laughs> okay, true. I shouldn't have asked that. My fault. Um, what about favorite player? Um, favorite player, favorite our players or favorite like in the world? Ah, uh, global. Okay, yeah, because our players like I just like all of them the same way. So there's yeah. no way I can say that. But uh, globally, I would say, um, I would say Cristiano Ronaldo, and just because of the the way that he works. Um, off the field especially mm. i do really see a, a lot of value because you can really tell that you know the guy really works oh yeah uh, and that is something amazing i think if he's in that level and he's working that hard that shows players that like you know if you want to achieve those things you never stop working you know what i mean mm. so, 100%. Yeah. what about your favorite food my favorite food man i would say paella which is a spanish dish with mm. seafood uh for me that's my favorite and the last one, what about your favorite artist musically? Musically? Uh, interesting. I'll have to go with... Um, man, it's tough. Because if I say Brazilian artist, not many people will know, right? So I'll have to... <laughs> Canadian, come on. Give me something Canadian. <laughs> A Canadian one? Oh, man, okay. <laughs> or no, it doesn't have to be Canadian. I mean, like, Canada or U.S. Or U.S.? That's, that's, uh, that's our target. Um, our audience, they're from most of our audience is from Canada and the US. So absolutely, yeah, for sure. Um, so yes, so if we're doing like Canada or the US, I would go with um, Decemberists. Decemberists, okay. I've never. What's your favorite song by by that person? It's a folk. Um, it's a folk band from. Um, yeah, like they they still play nowadays, but they're more like from the two thousands and stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, there's a, there's you know two or three albums that are like amazing, right? So awesome. Well, Pedro, before we go, I want to thank you for taking the time for joining us on the One Soccer Nation podcast today. Thank you, Kareem. I appreciate it.